You're listening to Philip Malika's Consciousness Evolution. I'm Philip Malika. Today's column is entitled Aliens or Government Exploitation? A Primer to Help Differentiate Truth from a Pentagon Marketing Campaign. Never waste a good headline to instill fear and foment public support of greater control by the authorities. I love what a friend quipped. I wanted disclosure until the government decided I needed it. (laughs) We can count on that. But does that mean that unidentified anomalous aerial phenomena and alien spacecraft and organics bodies is not true? No. Our government will look for any reason to pour more money into defense. Space is the perfect foil for that purpose. Give lots more money to the Pentagon on extremely expensive and nebulous space defenses that will ultimately be used for spying and remote weapons and world dominance, not for security or defense against an extraterrestrial threat, but against our own. So this week, we witnessed the House Oversight Subcommittee hearing featuring military pilots who experienced direct contact with anomalous aircraft and a government whistleblower who claims that the government has in their possession alien spacecraft and even alien organics, taken to mean bodies, as well as as his claim that he has been targeted, harassed, and even personally threatened since coming forward. We have already seen leaks and outright declassifications of evidence of objects in our airspace that defy physics, that have no discernible means of propulsion, and that seem to be able to come and go at will. I do not doubt the veracity of the pilots and whistleblowers' testimony. Bob Lazar's story is very similar regarding the idea that our government possesses alien spacecraft and have been working for decades to reverse engineer the technology. If you are not one of the 55 million views of Bob's appearance with Joe Rogan, you can view it on YouTube, and there's a link in my associated column that goes along with this audio. Indeed, I myself have hosted a meetup group a decade ago, which met for a few years, dedicated to UFOs, in which I heard many accounts of contact and spoke with many individuals who had unexplained, unofficial experiences. Also, back around 2012, I spoke at great length over many days with an expat former military individual in Cozumel who also claimed he worked on the alien spacecraft recovery program in the U.S. What he told me was quite convincing. And while it is possible he was pulling my leg, I find that unlikely since nearly everything he told me I later corroborated with what I heard from Bob Lazar and he had no reason to spend the time he did in discussions with me, except for my interpretation that he just really wanted to tell someone about it. We were safely offshore, he was building a house there, and I was an interested party with lots of questions. His wife didn't act like someone whose partner BSed people either. They were both quite sincere, and she just let him talk. I think she believed that what he was doing was therapeutic, It was astounding. Back to the hearings. One of the pilot's more startling revelations regarded the seeming ability of the spacecraft 
to jam radar tracking on highly advanced U.S. aircraft and their apparent curiosity regarding our military and nuclear capabilities. Each of these witnesses testified that they believed these incursions to be an existential threat to our national security. Do I believe that the U.S. or any other country has been able to reverse engineer this technology to the point that we have developed aircraft that can mimic these physics-defying spacecraft? No. Is it possible that we have been able to master the ability to operate these spacecraft that have fallen into our hands? It is possible, but I still think that it is unlikely. Traveling 3,600 miles per hour, as one witness suggests, is still beyond the capabilities of organic bodies to tolerate, unless the craft are disappearing in one place and appearing in another. We still have to deal with our physics as we know them, and the effects of this kind of travel through space on a human body. Is it a PSYOP or is it real? Perhaps both are true. The timing seems very suspicious, especially given our Pentagon's bloodlust for unlimited sums of money for weaponry and warfare in the wake of wars with Russia, their supposed impending war with China, and a world stage increasingly pushing back against U.S. hegemony. I don't believe that these witnesses were themselves involved in a PSYOP. I believe their testimonies and believe they are sincere. However, that does not preclude the authorities from using this development to their advantage. Never waste a good headline that gets people's attention. Of course, our startled elected officials fear for our national security. Just enough credible testimony and leaked information from the authorities to create knee-jerk responses to an existential threat from which we can assume that there will be forthcoming proposals to pour even more money into defense. At some level, this is calculated, or more likely, a pivot by the authorities to take a negative, the exposure of previously secret and classified information regarding off-world spacecraft and beings, and turn it into a positive by using it to further fund our war machine economy. Very few facts, but just enough to rattle ma and pa taxpayer to look the other way or even demand action as our defense budget climbs into the arena of lunacy. More money dumped into the bottomless pit that is our Pentagon to be used at its discretion and without any real oversight. Now that we have established why the authorities might be choosing now to offer and or capitalize on long-awaited disclosure, let's set that aside as a given. And perhaps now is the perfect time we had a nice grown-up conversation about things that are alien to our world. I will offer some definitions of terms and what I believe to be true as I understand it from my study and investigation of unofficial sources. And let's see how that can fit into the wider picture of humanity on Earth, who and what we are, and what other things exist that will stretch our current awareness. I will make certain educated assumptions, yet invite the reader to use their own discernment and intuition. Alien we will define as anything that is not of our world, but there are further defining characteristics that will help us understand the differences between various instances of what we would term alien. In order to understand what we are witnessing, 
we need a basic understanding of our particular physical reality, our dimension. Without getting overly technical, various theories posit that there are multiple dimensions, and I accept these theories as true. Those different dimensions occupy the same physical space that we do. That means that we share this physical space with many, perhaps infinite, other dimensions. And in that, we are literally rubbing elbows with the beings that occupy those other dimensions. The limitations of our physical senses generally preclude us from being aware of our proximity to these other dimensions, and additionally, to these other beings. This is, however, changing with the shift in consciousness and with our resulting expanded awareness in which we are becoming privy to things that exist seemingly beyond our physical senses. Therefore, when we are referring to these types of beings and incursions into our dimension, our reality, we will call them interdimensional. We can then differentiate between interdimensional contact events and extraterrestrial events. Extraterrestrial would then mean anything that exists within our dimension, but is not of Earth. Within our universe, even within our galaxy, there is evidence that there exists other physical beings like us. The idea of alien spacecraft being recovered on Earth certainly illuminates this as likely. They may or may not resemble us, but they are physical beings in the terms that we would understand. Generally speaking, they exist beyond the physical limitations of space travel. In other words, to get in a spaceship and go to where they are, using our current space travel technology, would take the time equivalent to the passage of generations of humans. Meaning, even with the technology for this level of space travel, such an endeavor would mean that our children's 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 children would be the ones who finally landed on the extraterrestrial planet. So for all intents and purposes, that is beyond our current capabilities to physically travel to them or them to us. However, if we actually have alien spacecraft, then this obviously is not an absolute. This also does not mean that there are not other means of travel that we are capable of that would accomplish this feat. In civilizations past, and even within our own civilization, humans have successfully mounted this kind of travel through our consciousness. But that is another subject for another day. And yet, at some point in our past, extraterrestrials did physically travel to and from Earth. It is likely from these times that we have found buried extraterrestrial spacecraft and perhaps even bodies. I don't know if there is actually DNA remaining from these travelers or not, but the spacecraft are likely very real. Whether or not any of these recovered spacecraft are from more recent visitations, I do not know. I will note here that any extraterrestrial, a being with a physical nature similar to us, with any common sense, would not be traveling to Earth in this time frame if they know anything about us. We can't even get along with each other, much less an alien, a physical being of any origin that could be harmed by our weaponry, 
is unlikely to visit the earth at this point in time. So the idea that we would need to defend ourselves against extraterrestrials is fanciful at best. Now to address to the alien phenomena we are witnessing in our skies and otherwise. Our recent congressional testimony from pilots revealed that many of these craft appeared as quote, dark cubes contained within and touching the edges of a red sphere. These craft defy all known physical limitations with their speed, movements, and apparent lack of propulsion. What is missing in the pilot's testimony are more succinct physical descriptions, such as their apparent opacity or solidity. But as one pilot who flew within 50 feet of one said, he was afraid he was going to run into it. This indicates that they must seem to be quite real. And yet, in additional testimony, he indicated that he believed that our weaponry would be ineffective against these anomalies. So while we don't quite know the permanence and solidity of the craft, these are most certainly interdimensional incursions, not of extraterrestrial origin. And this is where the explanations get tricky. Again, without getting overly technical and as my best translation of my own understanding of the phenomena, what we are witnessing has a lot to do with the blueprint of our dimension. Our particular dimension has some very unique qualities. And in order to understand these explanations requires that we stretch our understanding of who and what we are and what our dimension actually is. For one thing, it is of the most intricate of physical dimensions. In other words, while many dimensions are less complex, our dimension's blueprint was designed in such a way as to operate in a sort of toned-down mode. In other words, a very full and feature-filled dimension, but stripped of some of its more advanced features. Built into the blueprint, however, was additional feature space that we could turn up when the time was right. Sort of a free version with disabled versions and a paid version which turned on the God mode. Our dimension was designed in a sort of camouflage to be a very real experience for humans incarnating on this plane in order to have an unquestionably pure experience of our lifetimes, beginning with birth and ending in death. This was purposeful and was chosen by the organizations of consciousness that chose to have a human experience on earth. In other words, we chose this design in order to facilitate our intended exploration and experience. We have spent our whole human history to this point operating on the free or toned down version. At the turn of the century, our human collective chose to insert a master source event. I will refer to henceforth as the shift in consciousness in which we have enabled the God mode. Where we are early on in this insertion of the shift, humanity is expanding its self-awareness in preparation for our full participation in the new expanded feature set we have created as part of our experience as consciousness expressing humanity. 
We are the proverbial dogs barking at the perimeter of the electric fence, not realizing that it has been turned off. This is all part of our process of assimilating our new abilities. The concept of the shift as the adoption of an enhanced computer software feature set is an apt analogy. Regarding our dimension, the most important characteristics of it are its apparent permanence and absolute, nearly unquestionable physics that seem to define it. Couple that with the amnesiac form that consciousness assumes when it manifests here, and you have the perfect, complete experience of a physical life. Regardless of our intent as humanity, other dimensional beings were not necessarily also limited in the feature set of our dimension that they could access and utilize. And in that, because of the nature of this dimension, other dimensions can and do use this dimension as a sort of way station to change form in order to access even other dimensions. Let me attempt to explain. Each dimension has its own defining characteristics. Beings within any given dimension must conform to their particular dimension's defining blueprint. Those characteristics differentiate one dimension from another. A being in one dimension cannot simply manifest in another as they are. They can peek into another dimension, even appear for a period of time. But without changing the nature of their physicality, they cannot maintain that for any extended period. This is why the phenomena we are witnessing seem so odd. This is why their appearances are relatively brief. This is why they don't seem to conform to our physics. They literally are not of this world, not of our dimension. If they did want to manifest here completely, they would have to modify themselves to, for all intents and purposes, become physical based on this dimension's blueprint. So what we end up with in these sightings is something that is unlike anything else within our reference. And let me note once again that of these incursions, if we are to believe these pilots' testimonies, some are meaning to jump in here with the intent of bearing witness to what we are doing militarily and with our nuclear capabilities, while others are using our dimension's blueprint to change form to enter yet a third dimension. And again, because of the unique nature of our physical reality. In these latter cases, they likely aren't even aware of us or the fact that we are aware of them. In every case, however, and in our terms, they might as well be ghosts. They are not of our dimension, and they don't conform to our physics. So going way back to the need to defend ourselves from them, that is a knee-jerk assumption. No testimony has indicated that these craft ever acted in a threatening fashion other than getting real close to our own aircraft or facilities and reportedly jamming our radar equipment that we use to track them. This could also be due to their inherent nature that they aren't 
actually intending to disrupt radar. It may be simply a side effect of their proximity. This we don't know for certain. But other than that, it appears that they can no more affect us physically than we can them. And again, testimony from pilots indicates that our weaponry would be useless against them, and we have no concrete evidence of any of these craft actually attacking or causing harm to us or our aircraft. So we have been taught to fear what we don't understand. These phenomena should be studied. Perhaps we could attempt various types of contact with them. But in our current state, humanity's first consideration is to treat them as a threat that must be defended against. And that is where our Pentagon would like to see this conversation go. Now again, we don't even yet understand what we are. We don't even accept ourselves and each other. Our understanding of the ex these explorations of extraterrestrials and interdimensional beings are still a bit down the road for us until we expand our self-awareness to the point that we begin to understand our own eternal questions. Who and what am I? Why am I here? And what is this place we call Earth? How does it all fit into the bigger picture of consciousness? The shift is assisting us as it enters the third decade of its objective of insertion. However you want to view it. We're raising our vibration. We're becoming more self-aware. We are becoming more than we were. We are maturing as a species. There is more of our true selves expressing through these physical bodies, our true selves being the energetic essence of which these focuses of attention are a part, connected to everyone and everything. We are receiving energy and guidance from all levels of consciousness to move through our shift. My personal viewpoint is that all of these other beings, extraterrestrial and interdimensional, are wanting to assist and aid us, not threaten us. They are not enemies, but benefactors. Once we begin to regard ourselves as we truly are, all of these other things, extraterrestrials and interdimensionals, begins to make sense. But for now, we are still toddlers taking their first steps. This is why the world is in such disarray. All of the old belief systems and institutions are coming apart as we begin to recognize ourselves and the importance of the individual. This is new and has never happened before in this dimension, in our physical reality. That is why we refer to it as a master source event. Thinking in terms of software, this insertion of additional features to the blueprint is a major upgrade for us, like going from version 2 to version 10. And we are not victims in this, nor has it been done without our knowledge. We chose this. We agreed on it. And now we're rolling it out, and we are becoming more self-aware. This also accounts for the increased frequency of occurrence of such experiences. I don't know that they are happening more often than they ever have, but we are in a more aware position now to actually perceive and recognize them. 
So, hopefully, I have given the reader enough background sufficiently explained to put into context the current exposures and discoveries as they are in our news cycle regarding alien spacecraft and UAPs, or UFOs. I think the greatest thing we have to fear is ourselves and our unwillingness to work cooperatively and corroborate with each other as a species who inhabits planet Earth. There is a wider issue mankind is facing regarding outside authorities and the importance of the individual. All of this is coming into focus as humankind continues along the path of the shift to raise our awareness and evolve into the species that we now have the ability to be and have chosen to become. Knowing this, we can see how it is possible for all stories of aliens to be true and also at the same time exploited by the authorities to attempt to institute greater and greater control over humanity. In the end, control will no longer be possible, but we must recognize, evaluate, and deal with our past and the, his and the traumas associated with our history, both personally and as a species. Only then will we be ready to join our extraterrestrial counterparts elsewhere in our galaxy. Only then will we be prepared to explore other dimensions and other ways of travel through our own universe as we discover that our true nature is not nearly as limited as we believed and that our abilities are not limited to the apparent physics of our dimension. There are extraterrestrial and interdimensional beings that we have and will continue to intersect with, and that the authorities will use any means to continue to exploit circumstances and people to maintain power and control and roll out policies that benefit them under the guise of protecting the general population. In one sense, the uglier things look, the more disruptive we become, the better. Humans do not like change and will avoid it unless we are significantly uncomfortable. With everything that is happening now, significantly uncomfortable is becoming our modus operandi. Change is inevitable. Independence, not interdependence, is all we have known. And it is what we have explored to date. It appears that we will need to hit rock bottom before we decide that independence will not carry us any further, that we need to begin recognizing and celebrating our interconnection with each other throughout the world and beyond. And that is the piece that will carry us into the next phase of our development as the shift drives us forward to our new world and expanded dimensional abilities. And just as another aside, the sooner we realize how precious our species is, how special and amazing and magical our world is, how we are all interconnected, when we choose to turn our attention to how we can benefit all of mankind rather than wars and deceit and mistrust of our fellow travelers on this planet, there is nothing that is going to stop us. That day will soon be upon us. When we begin to recognize our own power and ability, our own sovereign authority, and practice in our own lives the importance of each and every individual 
the power and influence that can be used to victimize us will become wholly ineffective. I encourage us in our growth and expanding awareness, and I look forward to the day when we can all live in relative harmony and cooperation. In the meantime, enjoy the Kabuki Theater. Share with your loved ones and friends how we can make things better. Practice acceptance and empathy for our fellow humans. We are all in this together.